The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Tuesday night edition of the show, a little different format today because I actually had a a family issue pop up, so I am not going to be available after the games tonight to record. So we'll give you plenty of content there. If there's anything that's really pressing, Danny will come on and add to it uh, and we'll append it to the end of this. But for right now, we're going to talk about the free agent bigs and then the off seasons for two of the vanquished teams in the West, the Portland Trailblazers and Minnesota Timberwolves. We're sponsored today by Uncharted, a new sponsor. Their 72 is the product every home, office, and car in America should have in an emergency. Listeners can get $50 off at unchartedsupplyco.com when you use my code CAPSPACE at checkout. So let's talk about the free agent bigs. Uh, An interesting group here, to be sure. Nobody quite in the superstar category anymore. There are some stars, but as always here, a glut on the big man market. And other than guys guys re-signing with their own teams it's difficult to see as we've been talking about the whole time here where the big money contracts can possibly come from out of this group it's pretty striking also when considering the team that has the most money on the free agent market the lakers it other than maybe retaining julius Randle, who's a free agent of course this year they're not probably going to get a big i mean the, the names that are swirled the most around the lakers opportunity are lebron james and paul george neither one of those guys i mean they can each play bigger but they they're not centers at at all and then when you start to get into the even the 20 million and up club it's very unclear who among that group is really going to be committed either i mean at center the sixers are set with Embiid, pacers are set with miles turner and sabonis who's done a nice job this year so then you're left with the mavs hawks and bulls maybe dallas gets in the mix maybe dallas grabs a big with their high draft pick we don't know that either and so the market could dry up incredibly quickly for these players and that affects not only the unrestricted guys most obviously but it also, I think, could have these big effects on the restricted class. Yeah, that's definitely the case. Although the restricted guys, in some ways, I actually might expect the restricted guys to do better in this market, maybe with the exception of Yusuf Nurkic, because those guys are just so good and they're so young that you just want to get them locked up and maybe you get them on a little bit of a discount, but you still have to pay those guys. These are guys who their teams, we're talking about Nikola Jokic, whom we expect the Nuggets to decline his team option. We'll talk about that decision more when we do the Nuggets off season preview but we expect Jokic to be on the market as a restricted free agent Clint Capella will be on the market as a restricted free agent he and the Rockets were unable to come to an extension agreement those two guys you think that those teams just can't let those guys get away and that they might even want to be pretty proactive with a good but not great contract offer to make those guys happy especially in the case of Capella if Houston has some off-season aspirations outside of him and much of that of course depends on whether we're talking about them being swept by the Warriors 
whether we're talking about them winning the NBA finals. I think either of those is in play right now, frankly. So I think those guys, two guys are going to get paid. The guys who are the most interesting to me are DeMarcus Cousins and DeAndre Jordan. Cousins, had he not torn his Achilles, probably would have been sifting through multiple max offers, the Lakers, the Mavericks in particular. Now though, coming off the torn Achilles, Zach Lowe did a lot of talking to people, I am sure. And he was throwing around something along the lines of three-year contracts, $20 million a year, not close to that five-year max of over $175 million that Cousins could get from the Pels. That is the most that they could offer. New Orleans, not to go into their offseason preview, but they are in the position that a few other teams have been in recent years, including New Orleans with Drew Holiday, where they could not replace Cousins. They wouldn't get cap space by losing him. They would basically just lose that flexibility because they're over the salary cap by a pretty significant margin. So that that does reduce their leverage in the negotiations. However, what re- what increases their leverage is just the the reduction in offers around the league yeah. with Cousins. I, I mean, I, I don't re- see re- I don't see anyone. I don't see any uh, team that is going to make Cousins an offer that's even like twenty million a season. Uh, I mean, unless like the Lakers. I mean, maybe Dallas. Out. Yeah, or maybe if like the Lakers struck out and then they wanted to like give him just you know a max one year offer or something like that. You know, maybe that could be something. The KCP or close to it yeah but it would be probably for the max which would be uh sure. you know, 30 million 30. but yeah i mean you could definitely see them doing something along those lines um but yeah unclear he'll probably be back to start next season you would think it's usually six to nine months for an achilles but again with the guys it's just tough to say how effective cousins can be and when you throw in also the fact that he's not known as the absolute hardest worker the attitude issues not that great on defense and then the fact that new orleans looked to be as good or better with nikola Mirotic in his place and the fact that new orleans might want to try and take advantage of this tight market and the playing time they have available to get something on the wing instead you i mean i think if you could make the argument that spending the full mid-level exception on the best available wing would actually help this team more than bringing pat cousins at whatever he's going to cost even if that player is isn't as good as cousins in theory along similar lines another avenue with cousins could be a sign and trade the challenge with a sign and trade is that it would hard cap the other team at the apron which is going to be about six million above the tax line the current estimate is that the tax line is going to be about 120 123 so then that would be about 129 130 and so like for the wizards let's say that's that's a possibility with them maybe they want demarcus cousins he would answer some of their center stuff but they would basically have to send back as much salary in a cousins trade as they would receive though they could theoretically send that to a third team or numerous other things but i think the sign and trade market for cousins could open up other possibilities but it creates challenges because you need three different entities to sign off you need both teams unless it's a three-way deal and then it's another one and demarcus cousins so they all have to want the same thing it is possible i think it is more likely now than it has been at any point before the cap spike still hard hey sacramento has cap space danny yeah he can go there paul george can go back you know also all sorts of things off to indiana we can just get the reunion we can get the reunion times rolling on uh okay neither of those teams particularly likely so yeah and it's the teams that do have cap space philly of course has uh their center problem solve chicago just not really in a position where they would want to pick him him up but maybe the market is just so dry for him that you know he ends up doing the one-year deal or something like that to try and prove that he's healthy i would not recommend that for him coming off a torn achilles i'd recommend getting as much money guaranteed as he can right now rather than going for the shorter deal deandre jordan is another one i think jordan i think there's a more viable case that he could help a team right now but he also has a player option for about 24 million next year and it's starting to seem more like 
he may just opt into that that's been thrown around a little bit uh i mean there's always still the possibility of an extension as well uh, with him which i think an extension would be totally market value jerry west said they offered him a lot of money jordan did not take that i, I think that's going to go right down to the wire as to whether he's going to opt in or not because i just i mean i don't see any way other than with the clippers that he can get 24 million this next season and you would think that the clippers in an extension would offer him as much money going forward as he could get on the open market uh i'm not sure that any of that is wise for jordan he is age 29 very reliant on athleticism i thought he took a significant step back this season on both ends of the floor so and again he's another guy who's a veteran at that age the teams that have cap space were back in the old environment now where generally teams that had cap space were teams that are not really ready to win yet you know they're in a rebuilding mode that's why they're cheap and so you know maybe like the suns is they've desperately needed a center for a long time a defensive communicator maybe if they're trying to jump start the process they could come in there but uh you know even they would be hard pressed to get 24 million in cap space so it does seem like you would opt in i think if he can even get something that's in the you know high teens for four years i would probably take that as him opt out and take that because i think he's gonna suffer a significant decline and especially with the clippers not really looking like they're gonna be in the playoff mix it's just when you're not in the playoffs your star just kind of declines in terms of market value anyway what do you think of all that i agree with it and something i'll add in is that deandre jordan he's 29 right now but he'll turn 30 before he plays in the first game on his new contract and that can be a, a dividing line for centers especially ones who are relying on athleticism and the other question with deandre jordan and this is also dependent on market and what extension the clippers offer is that an argument in favor of him opting in is that if he has another season very similar to this year or you know close enough then i don't see the offers being substantially worse a year from now and you so there's a risk of course to that but if the money's about the same he's not going to make 24 million on the market so it's a different kind of a risk a risk assessment with him but the guy that he might be competing with for that like one offer is Derek favors they are different players favors is younger like deandre jordan his birthday is over the offseason so he's 26 now will turn 27 in july and favors not as capable or reliable at least established as a defensive player but at a better part of the age curve and i think he has untapped potential offensively just by virtue of playing the five versus spending his time at the four like he has with utah yeah he has played of course plenty of five with utah as well and, and he's definitely an old 26 I mean, with all the injury problems that he's had he d- was able to stay healthy this year but clearly is not quite the same player that he was i think in, in particular his ability to move his feet defensively is not where it was a, a couple years ago and, th- and that's pretty big uh he's probably had his best rim protecting season this year though so yeah i, I think he's very interesting whether he'd go back to utah or not uh, i think this houston series has been an indicator for both sides that maybe not but you could see again maybe a big money offer from utah for a year or two to keep him around if that's the best he can do you know favors probably looking at something around the the mid-level exception i think he's a better player than that i think he could be a quality starter for a long time uh but you know that is the tightness of this market so i i had him ranked as a starter to, to refresh by the way i do it superstar star starter but we're thinking of a guy that under ordinary circumstances you'd want to play good starter money to on you know a multi-year deal and then rotation thaddeus young has a player 
option for around 13 million next season again he's 30 i see him probably opting into that you could see it potentially that maybe the pacers would do a hey how about you opt out and we'll sign you to a new contract that's like 10 million a year for the next couple of years you know maybe you could see something like that happening uh but again young another guy who i, I think he'll be making a small enough contract that a sign and trade could be possible but then what's going to go back to a team like the pacers especially since you can't just take back non-guaranteed salary and cut it anymore for salary matching purposes that's illegal now under the new cba so i think he probably ends up opting in is that your feeling it is or that uh, i think that he will have a damn good idea of his next contract like at that point so it could be an opt-in or it could be an opt-out with something set up i I think those are the most likely scenarios but let's stay on the starter line and go to the other side nikola miritic he got his option picked up so he's not a a part of this and then dirk i think is a separate question yeah indications are that they're gonna bring him back and he's just gonna take that five million play on that option yeah yeah so then the last guy left on the starter line is yusuf nurkic i as a the restricted uh, side now yeah uh, yeah going over to the because i think you talk about him in this conversation because they're in the mix for the same team and i think you could probably i haven't updated these in a little bit i think you could probably put julius randall as close to that level the starter level as well yeah yeah that that would be fair and so i I wrote the my blazers offseason preview that came out on tuesday morning and i said that nurkic for me is one of the most compelling negotiations of this entire offseason and part of that is because the pressures on each side are super weird in nurkic's side i'm sure he wants to cash out but then there's you know is there the market in place and for the blazers if it's a reasonable deal they could certainly bring him back i think nurkic was a part of their especially their success defensively this year but they also have zach collins and so zach collins makes it may should make them more reluctant to agree to a long-term deal that they don't see as a as a value and so what i got into with this was this weird circumstance where maybe nurkic's pride leads him to taking the qualifying offer which would actually be almost exactly what portland wants yeah that might be good actually and i will say that the center market in 2019 although we'll see how many of these guys end up back there again next year uh does not look as strong as it is this year so uh, really nobody at the level of a cousins or a jordan who projects to be out there i think marcus soul probably opts into the last year of his contract he would really be the only one uh that you're looking at as as a true center but the blazers and we'll talk more about them in a few minutes here it could just decide that he's not an efficient allocation of resources but certainly they're going to try and squeeze him sure they tried to do that and it would be very interesting if maybe they have kind of trapped themselves by whatever their offer was in to him in extension talks i mean it seems like if anything his value has gone down since then especially because the blazers you know he just wasn't able to show his value i mean think of the teams that the blazers have to play in the playoffs between golden state houston new orleans wasn't one you even thought of that way but that's the case as well where just nurkic can't really be effective defensively in the same way that he was this blazers system can't be as effective against those supercharged teams the way it can just with like trying to force them into mid-rangers and lay back on the pick and roll you know there's the offenses are too good in the western conference playoffs for that to work very well julius randall is just such an interesting one here because defensively probably doesn't have a position showed impressive ability to switch but can't protect the rim cannot execute in really in a conventional scheme but also really dominated offensively to where he's too quick for smaller guys even even with his jump shot regression 
pressing too quick for bigger guys to deal with and then he can go right through smaller guys you can even go right through some bigger guys as well at 250 i mean he's just going right through guys chests and scoring and i think as a matchup problem someone who has a, a lot of appeal in the modern nba of like oh you want to go small against us okay we're going to get the switch with julius randall and we're just gonna he's just gonna bludgeon you you know i think that's something and then his decent ability to switch on the other end he, he's a very intriguing guy he's gonna have to be used right um and then the situation with the lakers as well is interesting of like all right well if they're gonna get two max guys difficult to fit him in maybe they can move dang maybe they could stretch dang uh probably he ends up just staying with the lakers unless they get those two max guys but then what kind of a contract does that end up being as well it's just very difficult questions i mean if you wanted to just ballpark it of like what is this guy worth going forward you know what, what would you have it at danny i'd put his annual value in the low teens so we've used 15 million as the like kind of starter yeah. pay for a while i'd have him a little bit below that just because of the lack of certainty with the defense yeah. and center to me still is a defense first position and that 15 but, million too is lower this year because of just the lack of money right. but, but i mean if you really think about it going forward the situation is going to lighten up a little bit when some of these bad contracts come off the book in the next few years and so you know getting someone at 15 million as a starter going forward you know what does that look like in two years it looks a lot better than it looks right now but you kind of have the leverage sure. now because of the lack of space one other thing i want to mention with randall we're talking about the the structure of his contract is that if the lakers strike out they could roll over damn near all of their space to 2019 and one of the ways that they could lose that space is signing randall to a multi-year contract so they're going to have to balance all of these factors depending on who says yes who says no and that could even be true if they get one max guy are they going to give randall a multi-year contract and make it harder to bring in theoretically a second player whoever that could be in 2019 and so it's the lakers are the such a such a complicated offseason and i really do appreciate it and with randall also you know how aggressively does he play this because and and all the other teams like so he's a texas native would dallas like sit be sitting out there where he grew up and say well crap are we going to invest in some other center if there's an outside shot that on june or sorry july 7th when lebron makes his decision that they just have to pull a kelly olenic and withdraw his qualifying offer and then you can get a guy who's better maybe a better fit for where they're going than all these guys and he's unrestricted just like everyone else a couple of other guys we can get to we'll stick on the restricted side for right now since there's just such a list of guys on the unrestricted side who are are rotation centers and power forward but montrez harrell is probably the guy who really has broken out another interesting question here you know i think he's someone who's going to go back to the clippers that they can come to an agreement on something in you know the four to five million dollar per year range seems like it would be right to me harrell is 24 what were you gonna say and if you if you can get him for that then why paid by deandre jordan you know 25 million or 20 million because while harrell isn't as good as deandre is you could spend that money in so many other ways yeah and harrell i mean he definitely has some limitations on the defensive glass you know not as good of a defender as you would hope his shooting has never really come around but as a guy who can drive to the basket i mean he might even be a good fit as a power forward if you have a center who can shoot it a little bit better but a guy who i think is going to be hurt by the process if there were more money around if he weren't restricted he could get a lot more than that Nemanja Bialica is another guy who I think has been massively underutilized in Minnesota he will be restricted but his qualifying offer is going to be a little more it's, uh, his qualifying offer will be pretty high uh almost five million bucks I'm not sure that the Wolves are going to want to pay that they have their own tax concerns as we will discuss pretty shortly here so I could see him getting out of the restricted free agent market I think that he has been underutilized although now at 30 maybe a little bit on the downside these teams that need a little bit more pick and roll play a little bit more passing could really get something out of him and he's shot the ball better this season 
as well i mean i don't i, I could see a team maybe you know he could be kind of in that taxpayer mid-level type of range but i'm not sure that the wolves being as impacted as they are would necessarily want to make that qualifying offer maybe if jamal crawford doesn't return there that opens up a little breathing room for them to make that qualifying offer and for him to maybe come back also potentially someone who could go back to europe as well we'll we'll see though yeah and it similar well i guess it's not a similar structure with davis burton somebody who you and i both really like san antonio has a ton of leverage he's only 25 so younger and and can make this work arenas limited but i don't know i could see a team being interested in in giving him fire can space the floor i was i'm still surprised at how comfortable he is with the ball in his hands for somebody with his skill set that's not saying like oh we should run an offense or anything like that but he makes better decisions like i think he could eventually attack closeouts with one or two dribbles that sort of thing and you know if if somebody gives him an offer around the mid-level exception i think san antonio probably matches that but we'll probably see teams that are just kind of sitting to see who falls through the cracks and bertans is a guy who could potentially fit that bill rashawn holmes with philly they have a team option on him for the minimum unlike with nikola Jokic, they are likely in my opinion to just exercise that team option and bring him back for the minimum next year i don't think they're so worried about losing him as a restricted free agent i mean maybe you have some discussions about oh would you like to come back for like you know three million a year for the next three years or something like that just to keep him on longer but you might as well say hey he's a a decent backstop for us next year as a backup center you know we'll probably want to bring in one more center as well but with Holmes to just have that player at the minimum where Philly is I think that they would be very interested in that um but if they wanted to decline that option they would have him restricted he would have a minimum cap hold and so they would be able to do whatever they want to do in free agency and then bring him back as well maybe on a longer deal so it's not fait accompli that they're going to decline that team option but I think they probably will uh yeah well also because Sam Hankey is a goddamn wizard not only is that a team option with restricted on it it's also non-guaranteed until until January so they have a ton of leverage on homes to say look at look at what we could do like we could basically dump you back out in the market when there's no money left or anything like that so they, they can run this a couple different ways the other thing that I could see Philly doing with homes is that let, let's say they Philly wants to use the room level mid-level exception or an element of that ilk to get a center they trust more than homes they can just trade him I mean I think there would be interest in that as well so I'm not I don't think he's going to be on the market though I'm not completely sure that he's going to be on the Sixers do we want to take it I think let's, the best let's way let's take a break actually let's do a quick quick yeah. lead, and then uh, we'll have to catch our breath before we go through everyone oh, yeah. else yeah there are uh, a lot of guys out there to be sure and we've been talking about a lot of contingency plans for teams right Rashawn Holmes is a contingency plan for the Sixers as a backup center but what is your contingency plan when disaster strikes I actually was so glad to find out about uncharted supply company because we live in an earthquake zone here in the bay area and if something were to happen we wanted to make sure that we had an earthquake kick and the 72 from uncharted provides you with what you're going to need it's curated by survival experts to get you through the first 72 hours of a survival situation 95 percent of all such situations are resolved in 72 hours the 72 contains quality tools and instructions you need to survive in a hurricane an earthquake any emergency situation all of the tools are housed in this roll top backpack that is tiny only weighs 11.5 pounds but it's airtight you can even use it as a flotation device if necessary and it just feels like nothing on your back when you're walking around i have it right next to me right now lifting it up in my hand and you can lift up one arm easily they have over 35 high quality tools they're organized they also have simple instructions right so you don't have to worry about oh i don't know how to use it instructions are there it's organized incredibly well by need there's food and water there's shelter warmth first aid and you can fit it easily in the back of a car and a closet under a desk 
ask whatever you need to do so go check it out at unchartedsupplyco.com if you use the cap space code you can get 50 dollars off your survival system and you can get their 72 the product that every home office and car in america should have when an emergency arises be part of the solution the more prepared you are the safer the world is once again use that cap space code to get 50 dollars off at unchartedsupplyco.com so a ton of guys that i have in here as rotation who really were starting for their teams this year but really starting as a center means so much less than starting at other positions these days because a lot of times you're not going to play a traditional center they get into foul trouble they don't have the same endurance just the matchups aren't going to work with a lot of these guys but i'll go through the list of players who really started a lot for their teams now brooke lopez age 30 Dwayne debbin as a player option i think he probably declines that uh for age 28 greg monroe certainly not starting in the playoffs anymore but uh, someone who i think can help he's more of a kind of a bad team guy now at this point i mean just his weaknesses are too easily exploited in the playoffs but someone who can help although he didn't really seem to help Suns very much either but he's at 28 still and by the way a quick aside on monroe and deandre jordan is actually in this category too remember how in 2015 it was like oh we don't want to lock in for too long because the cap's going so up up so much i want to get back into it well monroe signed a two plus one with his agent david falk who's very aggressive and uh you know if he gets three million a year four million a year that would probably be pretty good for him in this market if he had just signed a four-year max contract he would be making like 20 million this year uh and then deandre jordan's in the same category probably if he had done i'm sure the clippers offered him the full five-year deal back in 2015 if he had just taken that he would be i think in a much better position now than he's going to end up being we'll see about that uh and how much he ends up getting but that, that's just kind of interesting to think about of just you know generally and a guy like kevin love for example probably is in the same position but he took the five-year deal uh rather than go for a shorter deal to try to get back on the market again so uh i think uh those guys kind of lost out who took the shorter deals in, in 2015 even with the cap going up you never know what's going to happen you're probably better off taking more so um other guys who started a little bit this year zaza pachulia he's at 34 now aaron baines 31 and that's probably about it as far as just like guys who were starting centers this season yeah i mean we could i assume you're planning on ennis canner who started a lot this year picking up his player option which i would expect as well sorry my throat's a little sore i can't do it yeah that's okay <laughs> and then there are a series of other i think we can just run through these pretty quickly guys that i expect to pick up their player options costa kufos i think his is about eight million that's just more money than he's going to get on the market muscala could go either way i think his is about five I think he, I think with the hawks up. and then o'quinn and then Darrell arthur and jason smith those are locks basically oh for yeah those guys yeah eight, up. eight and, then, and five so, million respectively for those guys and then o'quinn's i believe is at four and a half i could see him opting out yeah. sort of paralleling deadman where he could get similar money somewhere else and you know maybe that's more desirable i think it's different for o'quinn than for deadman because you know the knicks are getting a new coach and maybe he's gonna play it they also traded Hernan gomez who was the biggest competitor with o'quinn for for backup minutes there so maybe o'quinn is more open to, to returning next they could even just resign him if he opts out so then you get into this just fascinating group of guys that can play certainly rotation minutes maybe in certain situations could start but are unrestricted and it's just like basically where is the money going to come from and so that group ed davis age 29 alex len age 25 nerland's noel age 24 jeremy grant who has had who had a nice yeah. playoffs but just is is and he's a four more yeah, than a five Grant, those guys are but, a little differently i think we should talk about the fours separately here okay okay so let's exclude jeremy grant from this for now david west you know 37 we don't know if he even wants to return and then amir johnson you know he got paid a bunch of money this year i think it was 11 million by the sixers and so those guys you know they 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 could feel 
like they deserve that kind of a contract, you know, a significant contract, a multi-year commitment or a lot of money for one year. But I have absolutely no idea who's going to give it to him. Yeah, I think even someone like Lopez, I'm not sure that I even see him getting the full mid-level exception in part because as we've discussed, there really are so few teams that can do even the full mid-level. You know, we're looking more like taxpayer. I mean, I think I think Lopez could be like a nice fit, say in like Portland, you know, as a, if they don't bring back Nurkic, you know, that maybe something like a one plus one for him at five million a year you know the, the taxpayer mid-level would be something that they could look at but i think the other thing that's notable here about this group danny and is that none of these guys really are two-way guys uh and really none of them are great defensively either i mean you could look at noel as the one guy who has that potential but obviously he's disappointed in his career so i don't like if you're looking for a great defensive center you're not really finding it here these guys are just kind of maybe some of them can be scoring options off the bench like a monroe maybe a, a low Lopez can start but you know probably don't the matchups are tough for him to play more than 20 or 25 minutes a game even on the Lakers a team that was trying to win this year uh you know didn't really play him much more than that he didn't close a lot of games for them and that's not like some incredibly talented team and they had a ton of injury issues here too um you know Baines amazingly especially now that he's shooting the three is probably it he can't finish anything around the rim but he's still pretty solid defensively a lot of that's helped by being in Boston system but he's defended at a shockingly good level this season so he might be pretty close to the top of this list frankly now uh i don't think he's gonna be as good outside of boston but the way he's played even at 31 this offseason you know he's probably there but other than that i mean to find and baines is certainly a below average offensive star but he can screen if he's gonna be able to shoot a corner three you know he's a lot more playable so i mean these guys are kind of you know it doesn't really matter which one of them you get in a lot of ways because none of them are really gonna be two-way players if they were we'd have them in the starter category yeah that's certainly a fair point and so with some of them i mean the money is going to be important but with other ones duration and opportunity so would they be willing to take a little bit less money to go somewhere that has a, a more minutes or a cleaner role to offer especially if they're taking a short-term contract like theoretically there could be a job on the warriors for one of these players if they want it depending on what happens with Pachulia and david west but then also you know the clippers if deandre jordan leaves that could be a pretty good opportunity for one of these players and so maybe they just end up kind of waiting out the market a little bit i mean the ones who strike early will do well because that's just the way it works but outside of that i mean it I think it's going to be a, a very challenging balancing act for all these, especially because the, the there's just such a big glut. Why a team's going to be sitting there? You said it's like, well, why would I take this player over that player? And it's I think it's just going to be protracted. I think it's going to be uncomfortable, and it'll be tough. But the power forwards are a little bit different. Yeah, there are guys who are actually like helping their teams in the playoffs in big roles. And obviously, Grant unrestricted. We know the financial limitations for Oklahoma City. Maybe those are alleviated if Paul George leaves, and they can be more aggressive in resigning they do have full bird rights on him uh but as a guy who can switch he even played some as a small ball center this year get out and transition protect the rim uh jump shot has not really come along as of yet i don't expect it to really get there but you know we've seen it happen before with players uh, he's 24 so there's still time for the jump shot to come along uh but I, I probably like him the best out of this power forward group would you agree with that yeah i i think that i would and grant what might end up being the kind of the spot for him and i I've been thinking about this idea for the last couple of weeks is those teams that have not enough for a max spot, but, you know, but are more than the, the mid-level. So for example, I could see him being a good fit in Brooklyn, depending on what they want to do with Rondé long-term. Rondé is extension eligible. We'll talk about that at some point. Sacramento, the, we still their big man position is just in flux, but Jeremy Grant could be a nice little fit with them. And then the other one that I've become more intrigued by recently, and it would kind of run against their philosophy offensively, but Indiana just having a another 
capable defender, somebody who can switch a little bit, that maybe he's a better long-term fit, Grant is, than Thaddeus Young. And if they could get him kind of in that same price range, might be a better might be a better meshing with Turner with Oladipo. I don't think he gets more than the full mid-level. Uh, talking about Grant, I think he's just a little too limited offensively. Uh, and I don't think there's this, enough competition for his services. We didn't mention Channing Fry. He's another one of these uh, as a center, but I just wanted to, to get his name out there. Still a guy who I think really fits well uh, with his shooting ability on a lot of these teams, especially when you know he's not going to get targeted defensively uh, in the regular season too much. But so some of the other power forwards, Anthony Tolliver, Ursan Ilyasova has had a, a renaissance in Philly. And then Mike Scott had a wonderful year shooting over 50% for mid-range shot the three ball well. One of the better defensive seasons of his career, although that certainly is damning with faint praise. Scott uh, at age 29, Tolliver is 35 and Ilyasova is 31 with a big question mark. Uh, he's probably older than that. So, and then you would go down to, those are the guys really who can shoot it that I think have some versatility. And those guys are always going to be in demand, you know, whether it's, I mean, I see those guys all getting more than the minimum and I could see contenders being interested in them, you know, in kind of the three to $4 million a year range, maybe not the full mini mid-level. And then you go down to like a Trevor Booker and then Kavon Looney is also an interesting case with the Warriors, which uh, I'm sure you, you will happily explain for us. Short version, Looney had his fourth year option declined by the Warriors. So what that means is he is an unrestricted free agent. Anybody other than the Warriors can sign him to whatever number they want, you know, as a, as a free agent. The Warriors technically have full bird rights on him because of the third year, but they cannot sign him for more than the value of the option they declined, basically preventing a loophole. So that's, I think it's about $2.2 million. They can't sign him for more than that for that year. But theoretically, if they sign him to a one-year contract or a one plus one, after that point, the restriction lifts. This is exactly what happened with Austin Rivers on the Clippers a couple of years ago. Another name that I just wanted to mention briefly is Jaleel Okafor. Still only 22. Someone who's probably going to get a look somewhere, but difficult to see it being more than the minimum. The fact that he couldn't even get minutes in Brooklyn certainly is uh, not encouraging, but uh, maybe you could see a team taking a flyer on him. I'm not sure that his career is going to be just like over this quickly. Maybe he can uh, still do something, but you know, for a guy who was the number three overall pick less than three years ago, quite a fall from grace. Uh, anyone else on this list that you really want to... Oh, I guess one other guy I want to talk about too is uh, Bebe Noguera, uh, who I think can be a solid backup center. He's a little spacey, but actually, you know, I, I think he can get up around the rim for some alley-oops and finish. Uh, he can block some shots, although he's not really any good getting out on the perimeter. Noah Vonley is another guy too, uh, who, you know, you wonder whether both he or Noguera are going to get qualifying offers. I'm thinking for the Raps, probably less likely to give Noguera a qualifying offer, but we have no idea where they're going to be by the, even the end of June. Uh, but those are two guys I might be interested in, especially if they become unrestricted. Bonley, only 22, not very good offensively. He's had the promise of this jump shot for years that's never turned out. I think he, but as a guy who can be a switching center, like a crappy version of Tristan Thompson, because uh, he's also a good rebounder, you could see him maybe evolving into being that type of a player. Yeah, and that lines up with what I think, I don't have any other players that I feel like are mandatory mentions. Solid no, measure is, you should probably mention too, actually. I think he, yeah, I like he, can, he can protect the room. He's 32 already. I mean, he spent a ton of time in Europe before he came over. Um, and we'll see whether the Mavs make him res- a restricted free agent with that qualifying offer or not. But I think he's uh, he's definitely has like shown something defensively when he's gotten a chance to play. Yeah, I think he is going to get a qualifying offer with the Mavericks. It's not that much. It's not that onerous for them to put that out there. And I don't know exactly how they're approaching their cap space. But yeah, I, th- I think he's he's worth that at the minimum, at, at least. And it is notable how many like more big names we haven't mentioned, you know, because I, I don't think we expect them to get more than the minimum. Al Jefferson, probably a minimum. He'll get his 
his partial guarantee, you know, they'll they'll waive him before that partial guarantee becomes fully guaranteed. Brandon Wright signed up with with Houston, then got hurt basically immediately. JaVale McGee is probably going to be a minimum guy. He doesn't want to be, but it probably is. Tarek Black, you know, a lot of a lot of those type of guys. But the bigger point that I wanted to get to, and some of those could qualify for this, is that the best values in free agency in 2018 are going to be bigs. It's just that we don't know who it's going to be or where they're going to sign. And it would be a for most most teams it would be a pretty big mistake unless you're at the top end of this market you know Jokic, Capella those type of guys maybe maybe Boogie depending on what kind of value what kind of numbers he gets to do that because if you can sign somebody with upside like Nerlens Noel or Deadman to you know to 5 million or something in that range that's you could do so much better with the other 15 million than somebody else who's kind of like who maybe they play 10 more minutes a game but it's not they're not a difference maker in a playoff series yeah, the other thing i would caution here too is if the guy that you're signing doesn't have like a single outstanding skill right if you're not if it's not channing fry as an amazing shooter or someone who really is like an awesome rim protector which is there are not that many of those in this class despite how many of these guys are out there you know if it's just sort of like hey you know it's kind of a plugger and like you know he won't kill you and blah blah like there's just you know alex len is like a perfect example although he's young enough maybe to improve a little bit but is it just like really we, we need to like spend a bunch of money or amir johnson is another one like why you would give amir johnson more than the minimum except maybe just for his veteranosity i I don't really know he doesn't do anything he's okay defensively knows where to be but like he doesn't do anything incredibly well um all right let's do another read here and then we can get into minnesota and portland mother's day is nearly upon us and ftd is the way to go to express your feelings for mom through a floral work of art that's the difference with ftd they have a local florist so you're helping to support a local florist as well put together the arrangement for you and then they hand deliver it to your door already made up in the arrangement i certainly have no idea how to style flowers and so having that is a great advantage they dropped ours off it's actually still looking great it's been like well over a week now since they dropped ours off i am extremely thankful to my mom for everything she's done for me this year in particular helping with the wedding being extremely sane while helping with the wedding i i'm told that sometimes moms uh that is not the case for them when a, a wedding is upcoming so the way to get started with ftd ftd.com slash mother's day that's one word and a different code this time by the way mother's day uh ftd.com slash mother's day that'll get you 25 percent off a florist style bouquet for mom this mother's day once again ftd.com slash mother's day ftd we can arrange that let's start with minnesota because i think they're not quite as interesting we, we probably won't spend as much time on them i mean probably the one variable that happened here that we weren't expecting was crawford opting out whether that is to go somewhere else to come back here and get a longer contract or make you know 120% of what he made last year because that's the only just have non-bird rights on him or whether he just felt like he wasn't getting the playing time he wanted he wanted to go elsewhere who knows what the rationale behind that is but without Crawford where are they from a cap standpoint Danny assuming that they waive Cole Aldrich's uh 2.1 million dollars guaranteed out of his seven point I'm sorry his 6.9 million uh that he would be owed for next year were he guaranteed so if you kind of clear out their free agents including Bielita and certainly they could bring some of those guys back the Wolves are about 10 million under the tax line and 10 million goes away really really quickly yeah. when they only have nine players on roster yeah. and then if you just if you even... throw their draft pick in now they're probably even closer than that oh, no right? that includes okay. the draft that includes the draft pick yeah I, I always count those in and so 10 million so the way that I've thought about it is that they can basically either bring back Bielitsa or use their mid-level exception both of those are, are completely plausible and the reason 
why Minnesota is probably the biggest reason why they'll probably want to be under the tax for this coming league year for 1819 is because 2019 20, if they get Jimmy Butler to come back, is going to be very expensive for them. 1920 is when not only Butler going to presumably get a raise because he has a player option that year and you could be a free agent or you could be extended this year. We'll talk about that in a second. But also that's when Carl Anthony Towns gets his raise. So I expect them to to duck the tax in 1819, even if they're going to pay it in 1920 because the prospect of the repeater tax and 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 because the incentives aren't that aren't that strong. So they I just expect this to be a pretty tepid season for them unless they can find a taker for one of their big contracts. And I sincerely doubt that. I actually think that they could find a taker for Andrew Wigan if they tried to. I just don't think they're going to try. There are reports, though. I mean, Darren Wolfson, who had the report about Andrew Wiggins not being happy with uh, his role, that just there's significant angst in the organization, you know, whatever that means. But there are, you know, some noises coming out of there from, from Glenn Taylor, who loves to run his mouth in the local media to no good end, that, you know, there is some dissatisfaction despite the fact that they took this step forward. But it seems very clear that they are not even close to being, you know, into contention in the West. You know, probably seems unlikely even that they would be favored to make it into the second round next year even with internal improvement and then there's the possibility of course that jimmy butler could just leave after next year as well he has a 19 million dollar player option for 1920 um you actually wrote a piece with john krasinski about the possibility of an extension with butler do you like to run through that real quickly sure so the terms of an extension and these are the maximum yeah. theoretically and, and, and this course, is if he signs this off season he's he's gonna right. avoid he opts out of that 19 million signs the extension this off season and then it goes forward beyond 1920 correct so they could add four years and 110 million this summer and to compare that as a free agent next year with another team butler could sign for four years and up to about 140 million or five years up to 188 million with minnesota so he would be taking a risk but butler you know he has has injuries in his recent past and his more distant past and knows that you know nothing is guaranteed just because he can you know that's the maximum butler can get as a free agent no guarantee that anybody's going to give it to him so i think that there is the space for an extension if he is open to it and there's certainly an argument for minnesota because there's a risk on their part too with the not only the injury part of it but the risk that he just wants to be somewhere else yeah and there's also a risk that his coach is tom thibodeau and uh he's not going to age well as a result there's certainly uh something to be said for that proposition yeah i mean if i were butler and i were offered that contract unless i just didn't want to be in minnesota or i wanted to say hey i can go but but butler you know he's one of these guys where it's like okay he wants to be the best player on a championship team he wants to be in contention but he's not actually good enough to be the best player on a championship team and so like those two things are kind of at cross purposes and, and especially considering you know that he's going to be 29 next off season his best days could well be in the rear rear view mirror as sad as that is to say he already visibly has lost quite a bit of explosion and you know he had this knee surgery which he came back from and then had to sit out at the end of game five against the rockets because his knee was swollen not never a good sign i would probably take that deal just from a pure financial standpoint if i were butler um especially because next year's free agent market is going to be a fairly competitive one i think in terms of how many players are out there uh especially like superstar wings he's going to be uh behind but i i would guess he probably would not take it uh but i think he should seriously consider it uh you mentioned bielitsa we talked in the part of, earlier part of the show his qualifying offer is gonna be pretty big it's gonna be about five million and i'm not sure given minnesota's want to dodge the tax i think bielitsa is probably more useful and a better player than say Crawford or you know Derek Rose is another guy who maybe he comes back on the mini mid-level there certainly seems to be in the tea leaves uh, based on what everyone was saying after the season I would rather have Bielitsa than Rose or Crawford 
just because they have so much shot creation on this team they already have a cost controlled backup point guard in tyus jones who's totally fine but i don't think it's going to go that way so i i could see them just not making him a qualifying offer how do you read it i read it the same way and i would be disappointed in that but could absolutely see it being the case especially because the offer would be a significant sum of money and and then also if he takes the qualifying offer which bielitsa certainly could then they wouldn't have the ability to trade him without his consent and so that gives the player a lot of power and would limit their options like let's say minnesota wants to clear that cap space and where they want to you know they they don't want to pay the tax next year then they pay the tax in 1819 it will be hard for them if bielitsa if they extend that offer even if he takes it and that's all that it is and then it gets complicated in for in future years the other challenging element for them is cole aldrich because aldrich he only has two million guaranteed but it would be imprudent for minnesota to stretch that because their 1920 and 2021 seasons will probably be more expensive so you don't want to throw more money on those books something that they've done i think in the past and was a mistake kevin martin is a good example of this i don't think they should have stretched him and they did so they'll have to deal with that and with aldrich he guarantees on june 20th which is really early so they're going to have to figure all this out ahead of time and it's going to be hard to find a team you know without giving up a significant asset that's just going to take out take on his two million out of the goodness of the their hearts so i expect that they're just going to eat that and there's their worst fates in this world and then the yeah, other thing that minnesota see, you has could see aldrich maybe well i mean because he's making what seven million this year the king so if you were going to trade him you have to trade him under this year's rule uh the kings actually i think have some extra space now they're up to like five million or so in space so you know maybe there's someone who could go back to the wolves uh the wolves could throw in an asset i, I don't see that happening though um and i don't think yeah. uh, dallas i think actually has some space also that maybe Maybe they could use before the draft if Minnesota wanted to throw in a second rounder to get off of that or something. But uh, I don't see that happening. Um, and their yeah. second rounders aren't super good either. You know, and they don't have any of these extra ones like a, a nice like forty to you know thirty to forty one that would be more valuable. And Minnesota, they do not have their own draft pick first rounder, but they have or OKCs, which is just I believe it's one spot worse. Yes. So that's the number twenty pick that they have this year. Maybe they'll draft another center. Who knows? But that could be an important part of of this moving forward just because cost controlled players and teams of what like new orleans i think it, it ended up in this situation you know teams that are going to be expensive those draft picks become even more important just because getting a rotation player even if that's all it is if it's a 15 to 20 minute game player getting them for a rookie scale contract is a godsend for their books and just for simplifying the rotation yeah we'll see what might be available to them there i mean clearly their big need is going to be on the wing if they lose crawford or bielitsa or both then it's it's even worse but certainly just getting someone who can defend on the wing and has some versatility you know who i just have a, a prediction might end up in minnesota let's hear it jeff green oh god you're right <laughs> well i mean but green could actually tibbs help was, them that's the craziest well, part tibbs tibbs was in boston when jeff green was there correct no 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 he, he had left that was that was before that. Yeah, he left okay because i was gonna say because that would have because tibbs being there when jeff green was there probably worked it would have worked against jeff green getting a contract so yeah i could totally see that and i could totally see myself pulling my hair out over it so yeah that's a good call or nice you could, or like marco bellinelli could be another one too like it's gonna be some oh sweet christ it's gonna be some veteran who just i mean but you know this is the, the most they're gonna have is the taxpayer mid-level almost certainly here and you know they might not even have that to spend depending on what happens with rose or you know whether they bring back crawford who they don't have to use an exception on but uh and same thing with bielitsa but those guys oh oh how, how are we not mentioning joe johnson here another option uh yeah no i could t- as just oh 
we need more shot creation uh no you don't yeah he could replace b elites as their backup power yeah. forward the, marcus george's hunt also is a restricted free agent for them um mm-hmm. you know he has a basically pretty close to a minimum cap hold doesn't matter though because they're over the cap so uh, maybe they bring him back uh, i'd be interested to see whether they even give him a qualifying offer or not he's someone who has a little bit of potential at least to be a three and d guy although you know very very limited sample there um so i i don't really see anything else you want to say about these guys i mean there's really like yes like, yeah go ahead please the extension negotiations for towns and tyus jones i don't you know i i wonder how the wiggins solution how that re- resolution is going to affect towns towns is a way better player and has established it way more also it doesn't look like towns at this moment is going to be designated rookie eligible when the contract is signed though of course both sides can put in contingencies for if he does qualify for how that how that kicks in a famous example of this was actually paul george who was going to get a muted raise because of it and then got a player option on the end of that didn't end up working out super well for indiana because he didn't end up qualifying and then had that player option and that's kind of what led to a lot of this other stuff happening so you know i don't know how that works out with with towns i'm confident that he will get a big offer as a restricted free agent should that come to pass tyus jones is a lot more complicated and if he gets put behind derrick rose it seems even less likely that they come to an agreement yeah and i'm sorry that we didn't go through the list of guys that we felt could help them but i mean there just aren't really any on the wing that are going to be in their price range you know they're just i don't see it, especially when you consider crawford bielitsa and rose and their fate i just don't really see how they're going to be active in free agency maybe there's going to be a trade out there instead you know or you could see them picking up like an ian clark type of guy vince carter actually could really help this team probably depending on, on yeah he could well and two others glenn robinson the third and joe harris you'll hear me throw out their names a lot for teams that don't have much financial flexibility yeah, joe harris taking a flyer probably for them, i think probably huh. all right let's move on to the portland trailblazers now and obviously the place to start there is their financial tool. sure so they're actually in a similar place in terms of the baseline as minnesota so they're if you take out all their free agents and non-guaranteed guys and we'll get into all the players that fit there portland is about 11 million under the tax that includes their first round draft pick which is 24th but what makes them different than minnesota is they have a bunch of guys that are free agents that they want to bring back and they also have an owner who is more open to paying the luxury tax yeah although more open to paying the luxury tax when you're actually good i mean i think if they just had gotten the three seed this year and they went around and maybe he'd be a lot more open to that i think the way that things ended with that horrible sweep now might uh change that it looks like terry Stotts is going to return there we haven't heard any additional noise about him leaving uh since it was reported almost two weeks ago now that he could be moving on whether through his own volition or portland's and here let's just run through the list of guys who are free agents on the team right i mean these are and these are rotation guys on this team and you already mentioned that they basically have 13 million to work with between when you throw in their draft pick under the tax ed davis yusuf nurkic shabazz napier pat Connaughton. all those guys are guys who are in the rotation last year and are free agents the latter three being restricted free agents i mean i just it's very difficult for me to see you know maybe they bring back nurkic and they're like slightly over the tax and they do another tax dodging move or something like that but i I mean it's it feels like they have to move on from one of myers leonard or evan turner to get some breathing room here breathing room would would help it would also depending on how much they got allow them to maybe use some of the middle level exception but what's also so scary for the blazers about those free agents is that they do not have other than maybe nurkic anybody on roster that looks in line to replace them i mean caleb swanigan didn't show me a ton this year to say oh he's going to just fill ed davis's role in their rotation they don't have these young guards unless somehow they think wade baldwin who has a non-guarantee 
is going to to fill that. And they have the 24th pick. We don't know what, if anything, they're going to use in the middle-level exception. And I would say, astonishing as it is, that their biggest need is probably outside of that, which is just a two-way forward. And I still like Mo Harkless. I think Harkless and Minou can be a part of their solution. But depth at that spot is more important to me than center depth or guard depth. Yeah, and they also need a backup point guard as well. You know, if if, uh, Napier is going to be lost, and he was really important to what they did this season. They had one of their better benches that they've had in this Lillard era in large part because of what he was able to but yeah I just I don't see how they can bring back Nurkic and have both Turner and Myers Leonard still on that seems very unlikely something's got to give there unless it, it's just the qualifying offer for Nurkic or you know he signs for way less than we think but it, it seems difficult to imagine that I mean certainly there's no way he signs for less than eight figures and you know I mean he's probably thinking he deserves 20 million a year he's wrong but that's probably what he think it's a real challenge with him and you know I had this idea which is in the offseason preview about maybe he signs the qualifying offer or even some sort of qualifying offer-esque thing where it's maybe it's a little bit more money to save face but then some sort of thing on a second year to to give one side or the other a little bit more a little bit more control that could end up working reasonably well for both sides but then you know if you add that in with Napier and maybe Connaughton or Davis then that team starts to get pretty expensive and the third seed in the west is a pretty nice mark but they were the third seed in the west by you know percentage points over everyone else and they go got a wonderful year from Damian Lillard I mean he was in the mix for certainly an all-nba team maybe even first team all-nba depending on how voters see the dynamic with Curry and this is also a time I'm sure some people are going to be discussing especially now that it looks like Stotts is coming back about whether they should break up the Lillard and CJ combination I would not do that right now though I would as is always the case listen because if another team really overvalues CJ or is willing to give you some real assets in return you consider it but that i wouldn't be looking to make that move right now you mentioned uh, more wings i agree they need that they also need somebody who can actually make a shot on this team outside of damon cj you know i mean there's really even Connaughton struggled his first two years was hitting 40 percent earlier in the year but he kind of settled down more to a pretty close to league average does it get some shots off napier can can hit shots but he's uh, both Connaughton and napier are not uh guaranteed to be on this team next year and so i think they need uh, they really missed alan crab you know the, their offense got back to the level that it had been in past years but it was it had to be dame lillard and, and cj pick and roll and then they got completely taken out of that by the pels trapping as they just didn't have anyone else who you know was scaring anybody so you know just maybe if they could scrape together the cash for like a wayne ellington or a harris or even a marco bellinelli yeah you know what fine your defense probably isn't going to be that good but their defense isn't that great anyway uh to be able to just get one more absolute knockdown shooter, you're not going to find that in someone who can also defend that's just not going to be out there but uh even nick young you know maybe might be someone that they look at or ian clark just somebody who is just like a reliable three-point shooter that they could bring in uh i think would be incredibly useful to them but i'm not sure that they are going to have the firepower to acquire such play agreed just to make sure we to have these housekeeping pieces done jake layman wade baldwin and papa Giannis all have non-guarantees for next year we know that jake layman's guarantee date is six is june 30th i do not know yeah. on the and, other two and, guys and i what could it see, is. i mean one of two things to happen with layman i think he's either and we saw that they did this with Connaughton and he ended up actually getting kept around where they he moved he agreed to move his guarantee date back I think with Lehman if he won't move his guarantee date back they're gonna just waive him for sure I mean with these yeah he, he is really disappointed I think I mean I shouldn't say that because he was a second rounder but you know he's not shown any kind of growth with his jump shot in the last two years so maybe he agrees to just move it back that's probably frankly his best chance uh at sticking on a roster as this organization still has something tied up in him uh but you imagine he's gonna have to push guarantee date back to like late July August if he wants to stick around and 
then Baldwin actually showed some promise I would expect them to pick up that non-guarantee whether I don't want to rely on him as my backup point guard next year he showed a little bit of like defensive energy got a few token minutes in the playoffs Papa G maybe they keep him around too you know it's a, I, I'm uh I forget when his guarantee date is but I'm sure that both Baldwin's and Papa G's are like suitably late those guys didn't have leverage at the time yeah I, w- I would guess that's the case and Baldwin I see him more to me as like a like a fifth guard so somebody who's on the active roster for each game but not necessarily relied upon in the rotation but that's fine if you can get a player like that for the minimum more power to you and one other extension one i floated this idea before is aminu could get an extension so he's going to be eligible this offseason and it would start at about eight million there's a possibility that both sides just go hey this is the we got a pretty good thing going why not why just why not just extend it another couple of years i could see that being the case kind of like what go, happened with wilson go, chandler he can, he can go higher than that right i don't think he can go much higher than that but why can't he get 10 why can't he get like the josh richardson he can at least start at the uh oh i I'm talking about in terms of starting salary is is eight million, but yeah, it could it could wrap it up, ratchet up with. Well, no, no what, what I'm saying is, uh, you know, you can always start at um hundred. Yeah, that's like eight or eight point five average player salary. So that'll be yeah. yeah. So like, if there's, it'll be a, it would be about the same as what Josh Richardson and Norm Powell got. Sure, is what he could yeah get. exactly yeah it would be that because that is higher than one hundred twenty percent of his salary for next year, which is only seven million because every contract signed before in twenty sixteen looks awesome now pretty much except for Brandon Knight. Well, but Omar Ashik is still in the league. Don't forget that not for much longer but yeah uh so yeah no that's that's an interesting one to think of um anything else we got to talk about here with these guys uh, not particularly i mean i want to see what how they approach turner and leonard both those guys are negative value so is portland willing to give up assets to move off them it is going to be a lot harder to do than with alan crab a because crab i think is a better you know a better player or at least fit with more teams and because brooklyn was such a natural suitor with crab because they'd offered him that contract in the first place turner and leonard got those contracts from portland without the same kind of structure so i think it's going to be a lot harder to make those moves at this point but waiting one more year then that could open up if they can pull it off that would open up stretching or just a one-year salary dump is going to be a lot more palatable to teams than this multi-year would be right now all right that will do it for today at least for right now we'll see uh if danny is going to come back and do a little bit on the games tonight but uh with the two game fives i'm guessing they're probably going to go according to form but uh if danny starts talking right after this we'll know that i'm an idiot and i was wrong so uh if not more from danny right now then we'll talk to you all tomorrow night till then reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest but let me play devil's advocate here let's see so no that's a good thing Uh, (laughs) that's definitely not a problem Uh, reese's you did it you stumped this charming devil 